Hey there, Chromeholics. It is your host, Kinsey, and I am back this week with a brand new episode. On this week's episode, I will be talking about a topic that we have never even come close to talking about before. But if you know us well, then you know here at Chromeholics that we cover all types of crime and we advocate for all types of victims. And in this episode, I will be discussing the death of Sam Martinez. Sam was a 19-year-old freshman college student at Washington State University, and he was pledging Alpha Tau Omega at the time of his death. For those of you who do not know what Alpha Tau Omega is, it is a fraternity at Washington State University. According to the Washington State Division of Student Life website, Alpha Tau Omega is a social fraternity that was founded at the Virginia Military Institute in 1865. The fraternity has around 250 active and inactive chapters, and over time, they have initiated more than 200,000 members. After learning about Sam Martinez's death with Alpha Tau Omega, I wanted to come onto our platform and try to shed some light on a problem that is very highly under-discussed. Even though this is not the typical type of crimes that we talk about, there is a lot of crimes that are being committed within the Greek life that nobody really talks about because a lot of the times these kind of things are kept secret. Seems to be that sometimes things are covered up and there really is a true problem when it comes to Greek life and fraternities and sororities and different types of hazing that go on during pledging. And after learning all about Sam's death and digging into this and talking to people who were in fraternities themselves, I was just kind of blown away that this is not something that's talked about more often. While learning everything I could about fraternities and pledging and this hazing process that takes place, I learned from NBC News that there has been 200 hazing-related deaths, and just since 2000, there has been 50 college students killed from the effects that took place during these hazing events. There have been problems like alcohol poisoning, heat stroke, drowning, head injuries, asphyxia, cardiac arrest, and what's really tragic is that there really has been a very low number of people who have actually been held responsible for their deaths, an actual death charge. Most of the time in these cases, if somebody even does get charged, the most that they really end up getting charged with is providing alcohol to a minor. In the fall of 2019, Sam Martinez was just like any other recent high school graduate. He would be leaving home for the first time to head off to college, a place where he would make lifelong friends and to create a lot of great memories. But unfortunately, what Sam did not know is that when he would head off to college, his life would soon be ending. Growing up, Sam was not a troubled child. He was not one to be at parties. He was not a kid who drank a lot of alcohol. Sam was a well-rounded student who made really good grades, and he was excellent at sports. He was loved by a lot of people. Sam had a really great future ahead of him. Once he got to Washington State University is when everything would begin to change. Shortly after arriving at Washington State University, Sam Martinez decides that he wants to pledge with Alpha Tau Omega. The one thing we do know is that college student pledging fraternities is not uncommon. 
if you do not know this, a lot of kids will pledge fraternities because essentially that's how their career starts. I kind of knew this a little bit before talking to the person that I do know that was in a fraternity himself, that the more connections that you gain from a fraternity in the long run will benefit you when it's time for you to graduate and for you to start a career. Not only do a lot of college kids join fraternities because of that certain benefit, but they also do it because it provides a connection with other college kids. It creates a bond. It creates a brotherhood. And when you're leaving home for the first time, you don't have a lot of people when getting to college. So having that built-in bond and connection and friendship is probably pretty appealing to most college students. But the things that these pledges have to go through in order to be able to be a part of that bond and that connection and friendship and brotherhood is absolutely absurd and something has to change. Because if something doesn't change, there's going to be more incidences just like Sam Martinez's death. Like I stated in the beginning of this episode, Sam Martinez died during a hazing event there at Alpha Tau Omega. And for those of you who may not be familiar with fraternity hazing, according to the tfnlgroup.com, hazing is any activity expected of someone joining or participating in a group that humiliates, degrades, abuses, or endangers them regardless of the person's willingness to participate. And in Sam's death, that is exactly what had happened. On November 11th, 2019, the night that Sam lost his life, he was attending an event hosted by Alpha Tau Omega called Big Little Night. And what that is, is when a pledge is matched with his big brother, and a big brother is somebody who has been a part of the fraternity for some period of time. Prior to Big Little Night, there had been incidences throughout the week that had taken place that were extremely dangerous. All of the pledges who are underage were provided massive amounts of alcohol. They were forced to drink until they blacked out. They were hit. They were beaten. There were things thrown at them. And this is not the first time that anything like this has gone on at Alpha Tau Omega. Years prior to this, actually two times prior to this, Alpha Tau Omega had been in major trouble for providing alcohol to minors, um, for abuse against their pledges, and at one point they were shut down for a period of time due to the fact that their hazing was taken to a whole nother level. One of these events, as they called them, that took place during the week prior to his death was called Blackout Date. The pledges that were pledging Alpha Tau Omega were forced to bring a girl who was pledging a sorority there on campus to the fraternity house. Once the guy and the girl got to Alpha Tau Omega, they were forced to be handcuffed together. And the guy and the girl were given a full bottle of vodka. And at the bottom of that vodka bottle was the key to the handcuffs to be able to separate them. So the two of them had to finish off an entire bottle of vodka in order to be released. That is a very large amount of alcohol for two people to consume. Once they consumed all of the alcohol and got to the bottom of the bottle and got the key... They were not actually unhandcuffed like the Big Brothers said they would be. The Big Brothers then told them that they were going to do whatever they instructed them to do. And very sadly, one of the girls that was a sorority pledge that was handcuffed to one of the boys 
ended up being assaulted by instructions of one of the other big brothers. And unfortunately, this is not the first time something like this has taken place inside of a fraternity house. According to the National Institute of Justice, 10% of campus sexual assaults actually occur within a fraternity house. And the trend seems to be that these type of situations are happening due to kids consuming large amounts of alcohol. A young girl should be able to go off to college and be able to pledge a sorority without ever having to worry about the fact that she might be sexually assaulted. As if this incident wasn't bad enough, the behavior continued throughout the week. There was another incident where the boys were taken up into the woods on a camping trip where they were tied up and beaten repeatedly. What in their mind would think that that's okay? Like, even if this is a tradition, this is something that has gone on for years, why in the world would you want to tie up somebody that is supposed to be your best friend or supposed to be your brother and hit them repeatedly while they are also blacking out from drinking too much alcohol? On that night, November 11th, 2019, Sam and another pledge arrived at Alpha Tau Omega and they were given a big brother during the big little ceremony. Their big brother had instructed Sam and the other pledge to drink a half gallon of rum. That is the equivalent of 40 shots for two people. Prior to Sam becoming completely intoxicated from drinking that half gallon of rum with the other pledge, Sam had actually taken Snapchat videos of the area that they were in in the house and like the other guys that were there. And some of these boys were actually already completely intoxicated and unconscious from drinking so much alcohol. In the Snapchat video that Sam had, you can see that there's boys passed out on the floor. There's some of them hanging over trash cans, just puking out their guts. And there was even boys who were laid down on couches and they had backpacks on their back to hold them up. And when questioned about the backpacks, the other brothers said that it was so if they were to turn over, the backpack would stop them so they would not end up choking on their own vomit. After these videos were taken by Sam on his Snapchat, according to his big brother and other witnesses that were in the frat house that night, all stated that pretty quickly Sam became intoxicated and then he became unconscious. They decided that the best thing to do was take Sam into the bathroom to try to force him to vomit because not only was Sam forced to drink a half gallon of rum by his big brother, but that big brother also had given Sam several pills. What those pills were exactly are currently unknown. The big brother and the other witnesses stated that they were unable to get him to vomit. So instead of calling for help or taking Sam to the emergency room to be able to get him help in order to maybe save his life, they decided that the best thing to do from there was to take Sam into a common area inside of the fraternity house that had a bunch of couches. They laid Sam down, but they said that they propped his head up so that way if Sam was to start vomiting, he would not asphyxiate on his vomit and die. They stated that they all went to bed, but his big brother would get up throughout the night to check on Sam. He says that every time he checked on Sam, he was breathing and there was no vomit around Sam at all. He said that the last time that he checked on him was around 1.30 in the morning. The next morning on November 12, 2019, 
One of the brothers went down into that common area to check on Sam again around 8.30, and that is when they had discovered that Sam was no longer breathing. According to the medical examiner, Sam died sometime between 4 and 5 a.m. that morning. The toxicology report showed that his blood alcohol level was five times the legal limit. That amount of alcohol just completely shut down Sam's organs and killed him, and not a single person has been held responsible for his death. According to the investigator over Sam's death, he states to ABC News that his investigation was basically tampered with because of the actions of the IFC president, which stands for Interfraternal Council. This is the man who's in charge of a lot of the decisions when it comes to Alpha Tau Omega. This council gets together, they make the rules, and they decide what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. They make the rules when it comes to removing members from their chapter. They make all the big decisions. On the very same day of Sam's death, the IFC president comes to Alpha Tau Omega with several other people. One of the people that comes with him is a woman who is an insurance adjuster. But the IFC president says that she's an investigator and she's there to help. But an insurance adjuster is far, far from a regular investigator who would be investigating somebody's death. The IFC president tells law enforcement investigators that this woman is an investigator for Alpha Tau Omega and that the boys are very comfortable with her and so they brought her to make them feel more comfortable during this entire process. But what was truly happening was the IFC president and the insurance adjuster were telling all of the members of ATO to delete all of their social media, delete any video footage that they might have had, and for them to get their story straight and to supposedly cooperate with the police. But according to the Pullman County Police Department who investigated Sam's death, they in fact stated that they got no cooperation from the boys at all. None of their stories added up. There was multiple holes in there. And the more that they would push, the less cooperative that they would be. It even came out later on that the IFC president and the insurance adjuster had conducted their own interviews with each of the members that were there that night. Law enforcement wanted those interviews turned over, but the IFC president and the insurance adjuster refused to give them those interviews that they conducted. If you have nothing to hide and you are not feeling like you're going to be held liable for this kid's death, then why in the world are you being so secretive with those interviews? You would think now that a young person has lost their life because of the choices that are being made, poor choices at that, that the IFC president and the insurance adjuster and really truly anybody that's in charge with Alpha Tau Omega would want to hand that stuff over and cooperate. So that way that person that contributed to Sam's life being taken could be held responsible. Because at this point, you're setting a precedent saying Yes, you made poor choices. Yes, somebody's life was taken because of it, but it's okay. We're going to do what we can to make sure that we're not going to be held liable for those decisions that you made. And that's just what happened. Nobody was truly held responsible for Sam's death. Sam's big brother was only sentenced to 19 days in jail. He was given a $500 fine and was sentenced to two years of probation for providing alcohol to a minor. How is that even justice for Sam and his family? And not to mention, not only is that not any justice, but again, you have literally set a precedence for future actions of these fraternity members. Until this topic is discussed at a greater length, 
nothing is really going to change. And something has to change because people are losing their lives and people are not being held responsible. And these traditions just keep continuing year after year. I have a friend who was in a fraternity himself and when I first started the research on Sam's case, I reached out to him and asked if he would help me because I really wanted to understand what is so appealing about these fraternities. What's wanting you to make the decision to join them when you know at some point you're going to go through absolute hell? The stories he told me were absolutely absurd and what some of these people are enduring whether they want to admit it or not is torture and it's abuse whether you lost your life or not during this time what these boys were doing to each other is just not okay and the fact that it's being normalized because it's a tradition does not make it okay just because it happened to people before you doesn't make it right that it's going to happen to you Before I get into these stories that he told me, I do just want to give a little bit of a trigger warning. If you are sensitive to some certain topics, I do not suggest listening to what I have to say. When I asked my friend if he would help me, I was genuinely shocked that he had said yes. Because when it comes to fraternities and this type of stuff, everything is kept really secretive. And that was one of the questions I had asked him. Why do you guys keep this stuff so secretive? Is it because you know what you're doing is not right and that it's not really very normal and you don't want people to know what you're doing or what? Like what is the motive behind keeping all of this stuff such a secret? He said to me, no, it's not because we think it's wrong or because it's not normal. It's because we don't want other fraternities to know our traditions. If people find out our traditions, then what's the fun in that? But to me, it really just seems like it's because the things that are going on really are abuse. And that was the very first thing that I wanted to talk about was these different type of hazing tactics that had taken place. So he starts telling me all these different stories and I'm going to start with one of them that really stuck out to me because when he said it, I had to ask him to repeat it because I thought in my head, there's no way that I actually heard him correctly. So he starts to tell me that one of the situations that he knows that took place was the pledges were forced to crawl around the fraternity house butt naked with sticks of butter in their butt. And you did hear me right. They put a stick of butter in their butt and they were forced to crawl around the house for a period of time. I cannot imagine how humiliating it is having to strip naked in front of people but then to be forced to put a stick of butter in your butt. The most genuine question I had from this first story was how in the world did somebody just come up with that and then to think that it was okay or to think that they were going to be able to normalize that. And the fact that they were able to normalize it and that nobody for a second thought, hey, this is not something we should be doing, just really truly kind of blows my mind. He then goes on to tell me that there was another incident where pledges were put inside of dog cages butt naked. And once they were put inside of these dog cages, the big brothers started pouring alcohol on them or putting some type of other items on them. And to top it all off, they began to start peeing on the pledges. How in the world... Can you try to justify 
locking another human inside of a dog cage butt naked and pee on them. How could you do that to somebody that you're supposed to be creating a bond with? That is disgusting. This next incident is one that he had actually experienced himself during his time of pledging. He told me that they made them sit in a line, crisscross, butt naked, and they were forced to drink alcohol until they puked on the person in front of them. And after they puked on the person in front of them, they were just forced to sit in it. He continued to tell me how one night they were forced to strip down to their boxers and go out into the woods and carry a tree up the side of the mountain while they were completely intoxicated. He said that a lot of the guys were throwing up, they were getting into fistfights with each other because nobody was helping, and it took a really long time to be able to get this tree up the mountain. He told me that any time any type of hazing had taken place, it always consisted of the pledges being forced to drink large amounts of alcohol. He told me one incident that he experienced. They took them out to this field or some type of wooded area, and their big brothers filled up a five-gallon trash can with 8% beer and forced them to drink it. He said that most of the pledges were thrown up, they're passing out, and he remembers at one point they had passed out and all of a sudden they hear guns going off. So what's the point of that? Why force these guys out here to drink all of this alcohol knowing that it could end really poorly? He told me that a lot of times when pledges would get that heavily intoxicated that they would end up being branded on their ass by another big brother. There was just so many different stories that he told me but it seems like the biggest common denominator in all of these situations was large amounts of alcohol. As a parent myself, it scares me to death to know that my daughter is going to be going off to college one day knowing that these type of things are taking place on college campuses. I will say that yes, some of these fraternity councils have tried to put in stricter rules when it comes to alcohol, but clearly it is showing that not much is really changing. And until something changes, people are going to continue to lose their life over these hazing incidences when pledging a fraternity. And the fact that there's not being anyone truly held responsible for these deaths is even worse. Sam Martinez and the other 199 college students who have lost their lives at the hands of college hazing deserve to have justice. And the ones that are going to be coming into this deserve for something to change. Because what is taking place here is abuse and it is torture. Whether they want to say that it's not because maybe they're still brainwashed or maybe they're brainwashed because they are in it and they are led to believe that it is normal. It's not normal and it has to change. Nothing about locking a person inside of a dog cage and peeing on them is normal and or okay. Forcing somebody to put a stick of butter in their butt is not normal. That is abuse. Having somebody drink alcohol into the point that they pass out and puke on other people is not okay and that is also abuse. If you haven't already, I highly encourage you to join our Cremaholics podcast discussion group on Facebook or follow us on Instagram where I will have pictures of Sam Martinez and his family. I will also be sharing some helpful information if you are a parent, if you would like to look it over and teach your children how to keep themselves protected from situations like this. Cremaholics, as always, be aware and take care. 